and welcome to another episode of the Richmond Bigfooty Tiger Cast. I'm your host Michaels, and you wouldn't believe it, we're doing a grand final week episode. Uh, who would have thought? So, this episode's pretty special. It's uh, it's going to be a Richmond love fest. I'm not going to lie. So, with that, we'll introduce our guests for tonight. We've we've gone with three this time. So, first off, Captain Blood Seventeen, welcome to you. Is this just real life? <laughs> <laughs> going well. Um, second guest, Heisenberg, welcome to you. Hi, thanks for having me. No worries at all. And our third and final guest is Prodigy, welcome to you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Three pretty prolific posters. Everyone's been up and about on the main board. Is everyone feeling good about the, the game on the weekend? Oh, a bit nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely a bit nervous. We, we need a new thread with the nervous poo count. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's going to be high this week, I think. So, well, um, we'll start off how we do each week. We'll find out how you all became Richmond supporters. So, Captain Blood 17, how did you become a Richmond supporter? Uh, probably like most, mate. Um, come from a Tiger family. So, um, didn't really have a choice with uh, older brothers and my old man being a Tiger. So, um, it was either uh, be put out, put out amongst the wild on the farm or uh, live with the Tiger family. But, no, look, it was just... Um, being well, nearly 44 now, so as a kid, you uh, you know, we just started at the end of that era, I guess, you know, 1980, 82. Um, and you just love guys like Rocky, Jess, and Flea, they're the childhood favorites for me. Um, and, and yeah, it just really started from there. Fair enough. And Heisenberg, what about yourself? How did you become a Richmond supporter? Well, my family is not a Richmond family, not really that, in, that into football. But when I was like, younger in primary school, my best, best friend went brave for Richmond and took me along, and I was, ooh, I like this. <laughs> and I got stuck. Simple as that. Yep. And Prodigy, what about yourself? How did you become a Tigers man? <clears throat> well, um, my family is of a European background, so it wasn't really that prolific in my household, but Dad was a kind of casual Tiger supporter. Um, I started out pretty into it when I was younger, but then when I went into high school, it kind of dropped away a bit, but then got back into it, um, moving into post-high school and just really starting to get into it once. Um, I think mainly Cochin came to the came to the team. I think that was the main kind of protagonist for me getting back into the like, swing of things, but um, yeah, that was basically how it all started. Fair enough, and uh, hopefully we're all going to be very happy Tiger people come Saturday evening. Before we get into the preview and review stuff, um, last night, Dusty Martin being crowned the 2007 Brownlow medalist, polling a record high 36 votes and getting best on ground a record-breaking 11 games. Now, Heisenberg, I mean, was that the result you expected? Expected? Oh, I didn't see that one coming at all. <laughs> <laughs> Probably more so the 11 best on ground. That's a pretty a pretty big thing to do. Yeah, I didn't actually think that would happen, but not really surprised thinking on thinking back now though. But yeah, pretty good. And Captain Blood, what did you make of his speech? I know there's a, been a few people on the main board who have given him a bit of crap about it. I, I personally thought he was pretty good, but what did you think of it? Oh, I, look, I think from where he's come from, uh, he, he handled himself fantastic. I mean, uh, we had Bruce McAvaney as the creepy clown and, you know, it was it was pretty cringeworthy, <laughs> said the, the coverage, wasn't it? It was pretty ordinary. But um, I thought Dustin was fantastic. He every you know, he flat batted every uh, answer. The time Bruce went near him, and 
Bruce just kept touching him, which was disturbing. <laughs> but no, I, I thought it was... Look, Dusty, I thought was he, he did very, very well. I like how honest he is. He, he doesn't give those robotic, you know, normal answers. He just says what he thinks, and that's it. So, and Prodigy, the other big milestone for us last night was Daniel Rioli winning Goal of the Year. Was that um, how you thought it would go? To be honest, I was surprised because I thought everybody was going to get behind Buddy Franklin. Um, not that that would have been correct because Rioli's was clearly the best goal of the lot, I think. Um, but it was awesome to see. Uh, I think Rioli handled <clears throat> himself on the stage pretty well as well because... He's not the best in terms of media either, so I think he did pretty well in the circumstances. I think the uh, 75,000 members most definitely got behind the vote for that one. But when, <laughs> when you look at the... It's interesting, because when they show the highlight of it, they only really show the last sort of five to ten seconds. They actually fail to show the lead-up to it, where he was involved at the top of the 50 in multiple efforts. So when you actually watch it in its entirety, it is a really good goal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And do we have any inside word? Is he dating Hardwick's daughter? Is the big question going around on the on the board? Well, we'll know if he gets gets dropped this week. If he is, That's, that is flirting with danger. That is because if it goes pear shaped, he's never going to play for us again. You, you never crap in your own nest. Everybody knows this. <laughs> So yeah. be, I'm surprised yeah. no one actually asked the question along the way on the night, but that's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. But if it does pan out great for us, it could be a good father-son in the future, potentially, with the bloodlines. Yes. <laughs> and back to Dusty Martin, the man of the hour. Do each of you have a, a favourite Dusty moment from 2017 so far? I'll start with you, Heisenberg. Did you have a favourite moment from him? Well, as people may know, I was going back and forth with the North Flogs, who thought he was going to join them? So I did sort of enjoy it when he resigned it, just sticking it to him. <laughs> yeah, that, that's pretty self-explanatory. That's fair enough. Yeah, and I'm still waiting for the repay up. By the way, uh, I think you're waiting a while. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Prodigy. What about yourself? Your favourite Dusty moment for 2017? Mine was the Frio game. Uh, he had a purple patch of like just sheer brilliance where. That time, like I think he was on the wing and he was about to take on Nyhouse and he broke his ankles. That was the best. Yeah, and also good. when he came to the bench <clears throat> and made that diagonal like bursting run through the um, middle and hit up Jack on his tip, like a fifty meter bullet pass. It was just incredible. I couldn't like I was just in shock. Hey, Captain Blood, what about yourself? Um, actually, one for North is when he um when we actually played him and he danced through about three of them, just made him look stupid. That was a really, really great moment. And probably that check side goal against St Kilda in the last um, home and away round. That was just phenomenal. <coughs> just, just extracted it, bent it through from about 45 out. That was just a freak goal. Um, they were probably the two that stood out for me. Yeah, the other one I liked was um, his qualifying final game against Geelong. Just more of how unselfish he was. It was a really different type of Dusty that I think we saw just brought everyone into the game and just completely busted that game wide open for us so I thought he was a big factor in that but um, lucky us we get seven more years of watching him strut his stuff paid overs that yes. just ask Snake <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we've got to try and get him on next year so he can justify his calls <laughs> he oh, could be back don't. in prison by then though <laughs> <laughs> We'll push on to a couple of other topics, the, the hot topics for us this week. The MRP issue, obviously Cochrane and Alice escaped the MRP bans. Um, Heisenberg, your thoughts on the Cochrane incident? Well, 
he was going for the ball, in my opinion. I didn't think it was that bad. It was just sort of incidental contact, just unlucky, really. Yeah, I, but, thought, yeah. The, I thought the same thing. Uh, you know, everyone at work was getting stuck into me about it, but I even thought that even during the home and away season, he probably would have gotten off because it was his back that kind of got his head and he was reaching out for the ball. And I don't know, it's, it's a contact sport and sometimes shit happens, unfortunately. Yeah, he goes very hard at the ball. He's not a pretty boy like he appears to be, like people think. But... Yeah. Did um did anyone oh, happen to very hear... hard. Did anyone happen to hear Choco's rant on SCN about it? Oh, I heard part, I heard part sure. of it. He um he teed off big time, didn't he? Mate, it was mate. Just, just 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 um as I just read a post from um an old poster uh ID GAF right, and he, he's currently overseas. Gaff. Yep, great man. He's a great man, and he actually did a bit of a thing in a closed Facebook group, and he brought up about the old code of ethics. Where remember in the days when you went to the tribunal, you didn't <clears> run the other bloke in, did you? No. And yet here we have a complete opposite where. You got a guy who's disappointed in the system, like fair income. Cochin did what you teach twelve-year-old kids to do: go in low and hard. And generally, nine times out of ten, if you go in harder, you don't get hurt. But well, what did Dylan do? And um, I was really disappointed that Choco um, come out, and he just sounded like a bitter, a bitter ex to me. Yeah, I got that feeling. Just the first thing I said was that he's obviously still dirty about. Um, getting the flick, and I think there's a bit of conflict of interest with Shield going out with his daughter as well. So it's um, the other one I thought was lucky to get off. To be honest, was Brandon Ellis. I actually thought he was more likely to get rubbed out, just based on how the MRPs operated this year. But they've cleared him as well. And to be totally honest, the way the MRP viewed both those incidents this week is how they should do it every week, and everyone would probably be happier. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I initially, when you look at it, you thought, oh. But then when you watch it, like the Cochin incident, the ball's in play. The ball is actually in play in both incidents. So I can I can see why people would think, yeah, he should be rubbed out. But I can see why people would say, actually, nah, he shouldn't be rubbed out. You can see where the grey area actually is in those, in those contests. But all I'll say is, for once, the football gods have smiled on us. You know, thank God. Because normally, mate, if you, if you look at like some of the uh, previous things we've copped at tribunals, like Daniel Jackson for that slight headbutt on uh, Campbell Brown, all those incidents over the years. Like, thank Christ, something finally went our way at the MRP. That's all I'll say. Yeah, it's taken a while. It's, uh, it's the flow and effect from the Wayne Campbell era, the Wayne Campbell effect we, we called it when he was there. Uh, the next big topic, the wearing the clash jumper. Prodigy, I'll start with you. Your thoughts on us wearing the clash jumper? I wasn't happy with it um, to start with. I was actually agreeing with KB in relation to all these rants, although he does go overboard. I think he was bang on the money this time. I feel considering it's such a traditional jumper and we've been in the competition before Adelaide was even incepted into the competition, you've got to kind of allow for that. And I think even putting on white shorts would have um, pretty much fixed the clash, but obviously the AFL didn't see it that way. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty average. And as much as people pot Eddie Maguire, he came into bat for us pretty strongly on the hot breakfast the other morning. He was dead adamant that there is 100% no clash, and like you said, the shorts issue would have fixed it completely. Uh, Heisenberg, what was your thoughts on the situation? There is no clash whatsoever, but at the same time, we're in the grand final, so I don't even care what we wear. Yeah. We can wear anything. <laughs> originally, I was a bit dirty on it, but then the more I thought about it, the more I thought, you know what, I'm just happy we're there, but... Um, <clears throat> But then when they showed the footage on, I think it was Footy Classified, 
I would I would kind of agree with it if we had last year's yellow one because it was more of a mustard color that did sort of clash. Yeah. But now it's yeah. a lot brighter and yeah. vibrant. The uh, thing yeah. that annoys me though is that when SM plays Adelaide, they don't have to wear a clash jumper. Yeah, they got the same. And they got red in it. Yeah, it probably clashes more. Yeah, it definitely clashes more. <laughs> and stupid. Captain Blood, I put this one to you. So the AFL have come out and told us we have to wear a clash jumper. We've accepted that and moved on. But the umpires are wearing yellow. Is that just... You're kidding me. No. Is that just mind-blowing? I thought, like... I thought they were wearing blue. <laughs> no, that was only nah, for the one I, round. I thought they would have gone to canary, the canary blue. Oh, I think we all thought that, but I read somewhere that they're in yellow. I hope what I read was wrong then. Well, I, I read... Oh. Um, Surely not. In the last half hour, it was baby blue they were wearing. Oh, maybe they changed oh. it then. Oh, that'd be good. It would, it would have to be... Because it was yellow, be that'd be... The... Yeah, put them in a canary blue or the grey. Like you know, like surely, surely to God, common sense prevails in that on that situation. Surely, this is the AFL there, remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. They would have just they would have just spun their big wheel like they do for the MRP and just see whatever colour it landed on. <laughs> yeah, the old chalk lotto. Yep. Love it. <laughs> and the last thing we'll touch on is the VFL. Unfortunately, the VFL boys lost the grand final to Port Melbourne. But they have had a brilliant year, and no doubt they'll bounce back next year and be more hungry for it. Um, if we could have won it, really, in the last couple of minutes. Did um, any of you guys watch it? Yeah, yeah, I yeah watched it. Yeah, I watched it. They threw my uh, they threw my multi under the bus. Thank you, VFL. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Never bet on a Richmond team. You should know that. Oh, mate, I was there. I was like, I rode, I rode that kick, that Lennon kick home like Maccabi Diva, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was actually surprised. I know he probably didn't know how long was left, but I was surprised he turned his back on play because I think Markov was about forty meters out by himself. But you know, he, he probably did the right thing, not knowing how long was left in case the siren went. Man, sort a of John tough Hatton position style. to be in, really. Yeah, but um, disappointing. But I'm sure they'll come back bigger and better next year. And Sam Lloyd had another pretty good game as well. But the player I actually liked the look of was Garthwaite. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's very... He's going to be good. It's just, where do you slot him in, though? Like, our back line's been is our strongest part of the ground, I think. And how does he fit in? It, it's going to be interesting with, 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 with both those guys, isn't it? There's a young Moore as well has showed a bit. Um, so, so when you talk about your, your Charles and your Eltons versus those two, I know, I know who I'd be sticking with and who I'd be backing in next year, put it that way. Yeah. Absolutely. And before we get into the big, well, we'll preview the, review the GWS game first, but before we get there, we have to talk about what I think could go down as potentially threat of the year, and it popped its head up last, well, it must have been the start of this week, Captain Blood 17 your thread for no ticket for you, what sort of inspired <laughs> that? Well, as, as I said in the thing, my old sparring partner, my um, old Ned Flanders, yeah, <laughs> surprisingly. Now, look, I'm sure. Look, he's a ripper bloke. He, 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 I'm sure he's a very decent man. He's a ripper bloke. But we had a bit of a spar, and I thought, well, bugger this. You know, we've been knocked all year, and I thought, well, I don't want to see some of these people get on board the tiger train after you know slagging us off all year. So that was my inspiration. Was like, you know what, bugger this. No ticket for you. <laughs> And it's funny because the, fir- the first few posts were a bit sceptical about what you were trying to do, but then all of a sudden it just blossomed and took off, and now it's just a quality thread. So with that, you've, you've put together a top five countdown of the no ticket for use. What's the top five? 
Right, I'm going to start from five and work my way to one. And if, mine, a drama. if mine's not in it, I'm going to be disappointed. I can't <laughs> confirm or deny these things. You know this point. <laughs> but I did, rece- I did receive your payment, right? So it's all good. <laughs> I checked the accounts before. So I've got a joint number five. I've, got, I've led with number five, David Kosh. Who f- could forget his moralising stance on Jake King and Dustin Martin? And what sort of pisses me off with Koshy is he's, you know, he has cracks at other clubs and, oh, at Port, we would suspend him. We would do this. And yet have a look in his own backyard. Look at Impey and those guys, you know, the drug and drink culture and the violence. You know, surprisingly, those guys remain on the list and were able to play. So, Koshy, no ticket for you. <laughs> do, you, which, do, you <laughs> do you have a list of which post to put that one forward? I think that was... Oh, no, I didn't. Apologies, I didn't. I didn't. That's but it'll right. be there. They can go through the thread. They'll have a look at it. Yep. Joint five, Tony Liberatore. Do I really need to go into this? No, nah, that's self-explanatory. No. No. Tony Liberatore, full stop, no ticket for you. <laughs> Number four, Paul Ruse. Now, this is a controversial one, but where do we start on this guy? His hatred of the Richmond Football Club is just legendary. Right. Remember, who can forget when he labelled Richmond as the worst footy in history, played the worst footy in history? It was kind of ironic because about two years later, Melbourne played the worst under Mark Neal, and yet all he did was defend the club. So, Rusey, stuff you, no ticket for you. <laughs> now, now, number three, this guy, I'll, I'll give this guy credit, he wears his hate on his sleeve, right? So, at least he doesn't disguise it. Mark McClure. Or as we like to call him, FFMM. <laughs> that stands for Fat Fuck Mark McClure. <laughs> <laughs> now, like Cornsey, this year must be absolutely killing him. His hatred of Jack Rewalt is legendary. Probably still hasn't played a good season, according to uh, Mark. And all I'll say to you, Mark, is it's called a salad, bro. Try it sometime, you big fat shrekhead. No ticket for you. <laughs> well, that's one of mine in there, so I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number two. Dwayne Russell. Yes, that was mine. <laughs> Mate, holy shit. Is there a worse, more negative caller of a Richmond game? You just want to tear your ears off as soon as you see him, like, as a caller. Cheerleads against us every game. Dwayne, you're a shit bloke. You're a shit caller. No ticket for you. <laughs> right. Number one, Kane Corns. Yes. Yeah, mate. Logical choice. <laughs> Kane Dimmer called it. You get paid to write shit. You're nothing but a bitter, sad little man. A biased flog with no objectivity. So, Kano, maybe you got ahead of yourself with your own talents because your ambition exceeds your ability. No ticket for you. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. The, the one I'm disappointed that didn't make it was Basil Zemphilis, just quietly. I think he needs an honourable mention. Well, I've got honourable mentions here. Oh, okay. Go on. Honourable mentions. Wispy Watson. Fair income. Hate him. <clears throat> Jonathan Brown, Kevin Sheedy, and the Dalai Lama. Fair dinkum. Hangs around Harry O'Brien. Get stuffed, Dalai. No ticket for any of this. Oh, that's great. I wish we could do this on a weekly basis. That's quality. All right, so... Maybe we should do polls. Yeah. Uh, that, that has to go down as one of the threads of the year. So, for those who got a top five nomination, well done. Uh, keep them coming in, though, because it, it's highly amusing reading that on a daily basis. You've got to wonder what the opposition supporters are thinking when they come onto our board and see that. <laughs> They'll probably take the yes. idea. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll push on to the review of the GWS game. 
So Richmond, 15-13-103, defeated GWS 9-13-67, winning by 36 points and advancing to our first grand final appearance since 1982, breaking a 35-year drought. Uh, Heisenberg, what were your thoughts on the game? Oh, it was great. I, just, oh. I still can't believe we, made, we won that easily. Oh. It was pretty scary. So, Prodigy, what, yeah, about, I know, yeah. what, what about you, Prodigy? What were your thoughts on the game? It was pretty incredible. My voice is only just like kind of recovered. Um, I was pretty croaky for <clears throat> the best part of Sunday and Monday, but um, yeah, it was it was an incredible game. Like just the ability to pressure in the third quarter was immense, and we're going to go into it later. But like Trent Cochin, he was he was an absolute machine in that third quarter, and I couldn't speak any more highly of him. Yeah, absolutely. And what we're like leading off that, we'll, uh, we'll do something a bit different. So I'll get your guys' individual thoughts on each line of the ground. So Captain Blood, what was your thoughts on how our backline functioned during the GWS game? And just talk about the great things they did during that contest. Well, I'm going to go with a poster, mate. 30 years of pain. His main man, Grimesy. Grimesy set the bar early by just smashing Himmelberg. That, I reckon, just summed up our, our mindset early, didn't it? He just absolutely poleaxed him, and that was brilliant. And I just like the fact that we're actually just playing players in their right positions. Common sense, right? So you're playing yeah. blokes to their strengths. And, I mean, you only got to look at the seasons that uh, Hooley and uh, Ellis are having. Their run and carry off the, off the back line on um, Saturday night was just exceptional. It was just exceptional. And and Brandon Ellis, his hardness at the contest and at the man the last two Last two games. I don't think we... It's a fair say, boys. We haven't seen that of him before, have we? No, he's no, been, been questioned on the board. Mm. And, and I guess the one thing... We, we talk about the back line, but I'll just briefly say, for the first time that I can recall ever, our midfield is finally two-way running. And that really makes all the difference for our defence, doesn't it? We just hit... It, the, the, as soon as the ball hits the deck, you know, it's like a, it's like a tiger tsunami, mate. It's just, <clears> there's numbers there, and everybody's working together as a team. Um, Alex Rance, all I can say, God bless you, Alex Rance. I want to buff you. I love you. You're a beautiful man. Right. Um, Tig of Lawston, it's, it's probably unfair to say he's an unsung hero, but him and Grimesy, they just get the job done. Vlaston's intercepting, um, and, and the way he sets play up is just, it, it's A-grade material. And let's just talk about Dylan Grimes and what he did to uh, Toby Green, hey? Yeah. That that was where, like, sure enough, we, we took out the big, we took out the gorillas, we took out um, Himmelberg, and we took out Patton. That was no worries, the big boys. But taking Green out of the contest, that was the biggie for me. So, so Dylan Grimes probably had, he probably was the best defender we had that day because he took out the most dangerous bloke. Yeah, but before the game started, Toby Green was most definitely the player I was most concerned about because he can he can change the game in a matter of minutes, um, and Grimes he was fantastic. Well, you saw that ball. With Toby Green, he flew for the ball. He grabbed it in midair. And he did a pirouette and then had a shot. <laughs> he's in amongst a sea of blokes. Like, the guy, he's just, he's just an elite talent, Toby Green. He's a gun. And, and just one more point. Snarling Dave. Eh? Snarling Dave. <laughs> smashed Shield. I'll, t- I'll tell you about Snarling Dave. He hit Dylan Shield so hard, he nearly got Cochin suspended. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, Snarling Dave, keep it up. That's my uh, backline analysis. No, uh, quality calls there. And Heisenberg, what about your thoughts on the midfield and how they function during the GWS game? 
<laughs> so, yeah, before the game started, all the experts thought they're too fast for us in the midfield. They've got, because they've got all the um, top 10 draft picks, which we don't have. But obviously, Cochin was immense. And um, Prestia played his role as usual. And um, Lambert, Grigg, Dustin Martin, obviously. Um, then we had all the other guys just running through. For like Kane Lambert, I think he yeah. has flown under the radar massively for us, and he's standing in the Autopsy Player of the Year award. Kind of reflects that. I think he's in the top five still. Um, he's just he just works so hard. And someone made a good point today. I'm not sure if it was on the main board or on our board, but people will say he's still like a, a battler. They completely underrate him. Where he's he's got a pretty elite tank, and he, he's been one of our best players all year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the Sorry, you go. Yeah, I was going to say, you know the best thing about Kane Lambert? Carlton had him. He won their best and fairest by about 175 votes one year or something. They had him. And they were too busy getting C-grade offcuts from GWS, and we've snagged this bloke. And um, I love him. He's just a good, he's a good, solid citizen, isn't he? He just gets the job done. Love him. He just about be the most improved player in the league this year. Not only yeah, that, very, very close. He gets into dangerous spots like... I know that that first goal within 40 seconds, just the awareness to run forward and back his teammates in, finishes off, um, and he can tag. He can, he's just got a lot more strings to his bow now, which has really taken him to another level. So, Kane Lambert, yeah, good on him. And He's a natural footballer, really. Well, he's clean. He's clean at ground level too, Lambert, isn't he? You don't see him fumble too much when the ball hits the deck. No, no, that's right. I was a massive critic of him. I was a massive critic of him earlier on in the season. Um I even went as far as calling him shit, which I take back <laughs> now. Um, but yeah, he's given me wrong tenfold uh, this season, and I couldn't be happier for him because, like like you said, a lot a lot of people call him a battler, but he's um, he's turning into one of our best players. So good on him. It's just the consistency. Like every every club screams out for consistent midfielders, and he's right up there with one of the the better ones. So. He's turned his game right around, and credit to him. And Prodigy, what about your thoughts on the forward line and how they went against the Giants? So, with the forward line, I was surprised at how much time Dusty spent up in the forward line that week because I thought we would have needed him in the midfield due to their midfield strength. But um, it was a bit of a masterstroke by the coaching department because... Because if he was in the forward line for that much time, I think they, well, we would have had a bit more of a struggle in terms of scoring. I think his three goals were massive, and they all came at massive moments in the game. Um, that rove he did um, for that first goal off the off the pack, that was as pure as the rove that Dion Presti did against Carlton in round one. That was like, really impressive. Um, Rioli... Oh, just what can you say about Rioli? He had his best game for the club, and what better time to do it? Like, I wish he could do it again this coming week, but he kicked four amazing goals, some of the best goals you've probably seen. And he's just a super impressive kid. He's still, what is he, like maybe 19, 20 years old? It's just, yep. it's just an incredible thing for him to come out on a big stage. People are saying it's the name that, like, kind of pedigree of his name and everything like that. But he said it from the start himself that he's always wanted to be his own type of 
he wants to make his own name, wants to make his own path in the in the football industry. So he did really well. Um, Jack Jack had a quiet day, but he when he did do something, it was very important. So when he kicked that goal, that probably put the game without or put the game out of GWS's reach, and that was was a massive massive goal because you could tell how much it meant to him and. You could tell how much it meant to the rest of the forward line because they all got around him. So he was quiet, but he crashed packs. He did all the small things that he's been doing all season. So that was really impressive. Um, who else we got here? We got Caddy. Caddy was okay. He had a very Caddy-like performance. He got an early goal um, at the start of the game, and then he did a few nice things throughout the game, but it was probably one of his more quieter games, I thought. And, I, I like Caddy though. I, yeah, I like Caddy for the fact it's 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 what he it's it's what Caddy's doing when he doesn't have the ball, and I think that's how I sort of judge him more on that. When he's it's, it's his body work around packs and that. Geez, he, he creates some space and he hits him. Geez, he hits him. Yeah, he hits him hard, and it's good because we need players like that. Back when we had Jackson and Tuck, they were the ones that were hitting plays hard. But now we've got Caddy and Graham now, who's Tackling like an absolute machine, so that's exactly what we need. Speaking of actually, um, block and shepherd. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> speaking, of, to, um, speaking of Graham, just quickly, what a story he is. What is his fifth game coming up or fourth game this week? Grand final. Like, I mean, he's not going to get dropped. There's no <laughs> way. No. No way. He doesn't. He doesn't get a place in the heat of the game, does he? No. And I was a man child. Well, he's probably he's probably our first man child since Macabanic. <laughs> but like he's racking up these really big pressure numbers and tackle numbers with the least amount of time on the ground. So when he's on the ground, he's working his ass off for the team, and it's just quality to watch. He's, he's actually deceptively yeah. quick too. That's true. Um, just quickly to finish off the forward line um, with Castagna, I just wanted to make a special mention for him because he's been much maligned this final series, and I thought his first half was massive. He was pressuring so hard, much more than what I thought Rioli was at the start. Um, I think his impact is understated because he just does all the small things. He may not get stats for what he does, but the way he pressures like the first contest and then he allows another player to actually get to the contest because he's pressured that same contest. So it's he just does a lot of things that don't get noticed. And I understand offensively he wasn't great, but we need persist with him, I think, because I think he's earned it over this season. If he gets dropped for Bolton, I think, for the grand final, I think that would be an absolute robbery for Castagna. Yeah, I, I agree. His defensive work was very good, so I, I think he's going to hold his spot. Um, he, it would be nice if he snagged a couple more goals, but he's creating a lot of opportunities as well, which is good too. And the other players want to touch on, I know we mentioned him briefly earlier, but Trent Cotchin, what a game. Um, you know, he's had his knockers in the past, saying that he goes missing in finals. Well, his first two finals, there's no way in the world anyone can say he's gone missing. He is well and truly leading the charge for us. His ferocity at the ball, his tackles, he's just been absolutely immense. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I said earlier. <laughs> I won't even edit that out. I'm going to leave that in there for laughs. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I agree. He was um he was a man possessed on the weekend. I thought um that one effort he did on the wing where he went straight off afterwards, where the crowd clapped him, that was just something amazing. He was he had no right to make that contest and. He just sprinted towards. I can't remember who the player was. It might have been Davis. I can't even remember. Yeah, and he he forced <clears> the boundary point, and rightly so. The whole crowd got up for him. It was just, it was an amazing effort, and I I couldn't be prouder of our captain now because he's been hit from pillar to post, and what more can you ask for from him? Exactly right. And we'll uh, we'll push on to the preview of the grand final. So who would have thought, fellas, that we'd be talking about this? Um, I must admit, I, I stopped planning what to do for podcasts, you know, at about the first week of finals that I will just take this week by week. But this has been <laughs> such an amazing ride that we're, we're here in the last day of September. Uh, I think it's fair to say that Adelaide have Very been... Surreal. Oh, it is. It is. Um, I think it's fair to say the Crows have probably been the team to beat all year. But we are here for a reason, because we deserve to be. And despite what the haters want to say and think... Um, we have earned our right to be here. We've beaten all, all the best teams that have been put in front of us, bar Adelaide. Um, everyone else we're, we've knocked off. I mean, Sydney we missed as well. But the, the group's just come such a long way, and they thoroughly deserve this chance. And I don't buy into the fact that people think we had an easy draw or fluked our way here. We've still had to win tough games when it mattered, and they did. So, Captain Blood, what was your thoughts on the, on the game? How do you think it's going to go? Um... Oh, look, are we are we going to do line by line, or how are we going to? Um, I will do line by line first, and then we'll just get general oh. thoughts. We'll probably all roll into one. Just thought, look, thoughts on the game. It, it's going to be tough. I mean, personally, I've got my my racket, my mara, can't say the word. My maracas out, and um, I am doing a rain dance, um, and I'm hoping it absolutely smashes down because um, I think I think we're. A, we're a chance to win anyway. I think we are a greater chance to win if, if it's a bit damp and um, we can bring our, our strengths into the game, being our small blokes. And I think that's where where it'll be. Um, <clears throat> there's some fantastic matchups all around the ground, but I just think uh, to win it, we've got to go for four quarters. We can't have a slow start. We've, we've got to go for four quarters. And if we do that, then we are every chance to um, come up with number 11. And Heisenberg, what's your Absolutely. general thoughts on the game? Well, I hope it runs as well, because they play a lot taller than we do, and they rely on skills a lot more than we do. So the rain will like, sort of take it away from them. But yeah, I think it's been a very close game, probably too close to my heart to handle. But yeah, <laughs> hopefully just yeah get the win. And Prodigy, your, your general thoughts on the game? Um, yeah, very similar to the other two. I'm not, I'm not sold on the needs to rain for us to win. I think we've shown that our pressure can work in both dry and wet, but obviously if it's wetter, it'll help because of, like Heisenberg said, the taller players. But in terms of whether we can win, um, I think we can definitely win. It's just a matter of we have to probably play our best game for the year in order to do that. And if we can, then I, I'm certain we can get over the line. But, um, yeah, we'll have to take a monstrous effort from everyone. And, and keep in mind, boys... They've got 22 blokes who've never played in the grand finals as well. It's not as if we're rolling up against some machine that's been, uh, you know, in X amount of grand finals like a Hawthorne or a Sydney or something. This is um, this is as new to them as it is for us. Very true. Yeah, and I think it, being at the MCG as well is a, a big advantage for us. They haven't played that great here. They, well, they drew to Collingwood. I think Hawthorne 
was a close game, and Carlton, I think they only won by 12 points or something ridiculous like that. So, yeah. Their, their record so three here, absolute shit truck teams. Yeah, so their record here hasn't been flash, and I know they're going to be pumped and ready to go, but our guys just love playing on the G, um, and I, I think they're going to be really up and about for this contest. Uh, the, the first 10 or 15 minutes will tell all, I think. Yep. Well, uh, we'll We've lost, like, two games, the MCG, but I can blind 12 two goals, so... Yeah, it's... It's got to got to help us. Absolutely, it does, and I mean that it's a big advantage to have. Well, uh, we'll go through it line by line. So, Prodigy, what, I'll give you the defenders. Why do you think the defenders for us will get the better of the Crows forwards? Well, with our defence, um, they work as one solitary unit, which you can't say for many other sides. They have the ability to really interchange in terms of matchups. I think with a lot of de- defences in the league, they struggle to really have that interchangeable effect because you want to have your probably your best forward on the best, sorry, your best defender on the best forward. But with us, I think we're more than happy to have Rance go to the best forward or even Asprey at times. And even Grimes, if he needs to, he can get the job done. Um, but in terms of how we can counteract their forwards. I think um, Grimes is going to prove to be pivotal this um, this week because if Eddie Betts gets off the leash or even Cameron, if he goes to Cameron, we, like they're both crazy good. And it's going to be tough to figure out the matchups for that, for that scenario. But if Grimes can get a hold of one of them and then maybe somebody like a Broad can go to the other, then I think it, got, it will go a long way to getting the job done. Um, but in terms of the bigger blokes, obviously it's going to be more of a kind of team defence type of approach because I think, especially if McGovern comes back, I doubt he will, but um, if McGovern comes back, we're going to be stretched in terms of hiding the back line. So I think that's going to be a main focus point for um, match committee this week. And I think um, Broad's actually a bit of an unsung hero a little bit. He he doesn't get a lot of possessions, but he does get the job done. So he's, he's a pretty solid defender, um, and I think he'll do an alright job on whichever small forward he gets. Uh, Captain Blood, the midfield. Why will our midfield get the better of the Crows midfield? Well, geez, there's, there's some absolute fantastic matchups from both sides of the coin. Um, the guy who really concerns, concerns me is um, Big Source. They're Ruckman, because he's um he's probably the best Ruckman in the game, in my opinion. And we've got to find a way to make him accountable, because as you know, he drifts forward and he can kick goals. He's, he's a very good set shot. So Nan Kerbis really has to play another quality game to keep this guy um, keep this guy on a straight and narrow. And we're going to need to drag. You know, Nan's got to try and hurt him going the other way. So that's probably a big one. And then you look at, uh, at the coalface. You've got Dusty, Koch, and Prestia versus Sloan, Crouch, and Douglas. I mean, how good does that how, how good does that read on paper? You know, so we, I, I think we just have to back ourselves in. We've got to we've got to attack them. Like our, our attack at the man hasn't you can't question it, but it's going to be a question of um, two way running, our, our on ballers getting on top and working back and helping our defence out and, and transitioning that transitioning that ball forward for our small blokes. That's that's probably um, where we get them. But um, the other one is the, probably the depth of the midfield. That's probably what's going to decide it, because obviously with rotations, etc. And I'm glad we brought him up earlier, because I'm going to put it on, Lambo is my man. 
Lambo, I'm going to give him the Norm Smith. He could be the point of difference this weekend. He could be, and yeah, like you said, the the depth of midfield is going to be the big challenge. But I think a lot of opposition people forget that we have a lot of quality that go through there as well. I mean, Shane Edwards, when he spends his time in there, people underrate him massively, but his creativeness in his hands are so slick, so he's going to be pretty pivotal as well to open the game up for us. Um, and we just have some out-and-out guns in there. So I think I like the idea of going head-to-head with them and just backing our blokes in to get the job done. But you're spot-on about the two-way running. They have to come back and help out defensively. We can't let them get easy ball into their forts because it, it's just going to make our job so much more difficult if they are, if they don't give them a bit of a chop-out. Oh, their, skill, their Adelaide skill level, like you saw it on Friday night, it was just exceptional. They Once, once they get their tails up, they just don't miss their targets. So we got to... We've got to make sure we take them on, and we've got to make sure we're pushing back hard defensively because otherwise they'll slice us apart through the middle. We yeah, have to so take clean. them on. They, they did yep. hit their targets, but I don't know if I'm the only one who felt this way when watching it, but I didn't feel like Geelong applied anywhere near the amount of pressure that we're going to apply to them. Uh, oh, and a smaller ground, too. And, and, the, and, and, and the actual shape of the ground, as you know, it, it does actually come into play at the MCG. Yeah, so I kind of like, well, their, their skills are great, but I don't think they were, yeah exposed to the, the amount of heat that we're going to throw at them this week. So hopefully our boys are that manic that they just can't hit their targets consistently. Now, do you think we counteract Tom Lynch? Yeah, I've been thinking about him. Yeah. Hmm. He, he's the guy they go through, isn't he? Through the middle, he pushes up. Yeah, he's like a link man. Maybe uh, a Camden McIntosh, who's got the tank to probably go, go with is him. And the height. Big and yeah. fast and strong. I think that's probably that's probably a pretty solid call, actually. Because you're you're right. Every time they sort of come out the back line, he'd pretty much be their hit up target, and then off they go. So they are definitely going to have to try and shut him down. You're going to need somebody to kind of hurt him the other way because he's great <coughs> offensively, but when it comes to defense, I haven't really seen too much of him go well defensively. So if, if Camden can get on his bike and really push him defensively, then it might go a long way to hurting his output. Well, you've seen that too. Like in the last couple of games, McIntosh has been pushing forward as well and, and at least hitting the scoreboard. So there's every chance that could happen. Yeah, I think that might be the way to go. And Heisenberg, yes. your thoughts on why our forwards will get the better of the Crows defenders? Well, the big matchup will be um, Rewalt on Talia because Talia is a very good shutdown defender, obviously. But... Um, they also have, we have Townsend, who's done the job in the past on um, Henderson, Carlisle, Michael Johnson. I reckon he's going to go straight to um, Jake Lever, who's very good intercept marker, and I think he can stop him. But then obviously the point of difference we have is Rioli, Castagna, Butler. They'll put on, put on the pressure. Dirty kicks coming out. Ball goes straight back in. And Dusty Barton, one out. He can't be stopped. So that's going to be um, one of the um, pivotal things, I reckon. I think all, all very valid points and the, the dirty balls, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I had Jacob Townsend written down as well because his job in the last month has been outstanding. For someone to, to come in at this stage of the year and virtually sacrifice his own game um, for the betterment of the team and then be lucky enough to get on the end of some goals himself, he's played an outstanding role for us. Um, and yeah, he'll he'll go to to Lever, no doubt. So hopefully Definitely. he can shut him out. And, and if he gets on top of Lever, we'll win. 
Yeah. If he yeah. takes the lever out, that, 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 that'll be a massive, massive advantage to Tigers, I reckon. Yep. Good, well, Sam. We also have to worry about Laird as well. Yeah, good player. Because I, I, yeah. I watched him a little bit closer on the on the weekend against the Giants, and who, no matter who was on, every time the ball was put up in the air, he always made sure he looked and found where they were and engaged body with them straight away to make sure they couldn't jump over the top and, uh, and take out Jack or spoil Jack or do whatever they wanted to do. So uh, he really understands his role within the team, uh, and it's going to be a, yeah, a huge job for him, and it will go a long way to the result of, of the game. Um, another, the other players we'll talk about just quickly. Our big four: Cochran, Martin, Rewalt, Rance. All stars in their own right, and they need to lead from the front and set the tone early. Are we expecting big games from them, Heisenberg? Well, I'd hope so, because we can't win otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope um, Cochran comes out and just does what he's done in the last two finals and just like attacks, attacks Sloan at the ball like he did Selwood. I, I just hope with Martin. I, I just hope with Martin, we don't try and do a danger, a danger field with him and start him forward. Start him no. on the pill. Don't don't make the mistake, Adelaide uh, Geelong mate. Start him on the pill and just get him going. There's no yeah. use having him forward if you can't the ball get the ball there. Correct. Yeah, especially when I mean the heat's going to be on early. You need your best players in and around the contest, uh, and that's where I actually think Jack Graham comes into it as well. So I know. He, we didn't mention him there in the big four, but I think his presence at the stoppages is just as important as those guys, and I think he's going to be really up for the challenge in this game. He's an exciting, he's an exciting prospect. There's no doubt about him. And like we said in a previous episode, load up on him for the NAB Rising Star next year because he's, yeah. you know, might not be worth it soon. <laughs> home, home and away season's going to be a walk in a park for him. He's um, so. you'd expect him to get some midfield time next year, wouldn't you? That'll be the next step, get the tank on him and, and start putting him a bit on the ball next year. He's, he's just a big unit. And he, like I said, he's deceptively quick and he's shown some real good signs early. And his knock was his kicking, which seems fine to me. I've seen nothing wrong with his kicking. No, that's yeah, I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised, yeah. He had that set shot that went out in the full, but everyone's done that at some <laughs> stage. That was just so a nerves, I think. Yeah, but his field kicking's been pretty quality. His handball releases have been good too. We'll move on to the possible ins and outs for us. And there was a Twitter question that came through as well to kind of tie into this. Um, on Twitter, it was suggested that is, is Hampson someone you may potentially look at given how dominant Big Source Stop is? Stop it now. Stop it now. Just, no. <laughs> it, was just, no. it was just a question no. posed. Or do we go in just completely, you know what? Un- completely unchanged? Mate, mate, whoever made that... You're on the uh, ticket for you train. Whoever said that, no ticket for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a fair question. Your big source is a, is a big man. Make a change like that. The, uh, the only other if player... If it was round 22, I'd do it, but not the grand final. Yeah, I, I, I said that too for a while, that if we were going to try something, it had to happen in round 21 or 22. There's, we can't do what we did in 2015. So, But it, it obviously looks like the match committee is all over it, and they'll, they'll back Big Nank in. Um, the, the, other one, the only other player that could potentially come in from the VFL is Bolton. But it's or Lloyd, but it's who goes out, and I don't think there's a strong enough case to mount for any of those other smalls to miss this game. Well, Ned d- didn't do enough after the first quarter to get this. Well, I just think with Lloydy, there's one I know we said about George, but he just he's just a bit rabbit in the headlights for me. He just I know he's doing some wonderful things off the ball, but I reckon if Lloyd had half his opportunities, Lloyd would probably set up a couple more goals and he wouldn't miss. Lloyd, well, Lloyd will probably. 
if Lloyd was in his position, I reckon Lloyd would probably kick a couple of goals and probably set up another three. And I just, that's the only tweak I would make. Lloyd for George, if <coughs> I was going to make any change at all. Do we lose defensive pressure, though? Oh, Lloyd, Lloyd has been doing some pretty good work in the res. He's on the pill. He'd be, he'd be ready to go, I reckon. Yeah, it's, uh, it'd, be a, it'd be a huge call and a tough call. But, um, yeah, good luck to the match committee with that one. Yeah, it'd be pretty stiff to get dropped. Or, yeah. yeah. But either way, uh, at, at least we can all be positive and know that whichever 22 run out for us are going to give their absolute all. So that's the most important thing. And the other note I have here is it was obviously announced today that um, Big Richo will present the cup to us if we win. I think that's a, a brilliant story and Richo is probably the most deserving Richmond person out there to, to have that honour. Ooh. I, look, to me, only because probably time is getting against him and now, I would have gone with KB. Personally. I've still got a bit of an issue with KB with how he treated Dusty in that saga. He, yeah, fair call, fair call. I, I, know he's, I know he does get up and about for the Tigers and we love him, but he, he also has sunk the boots into us a few times with, mainly because I think he wants to be seen as not being biased, but um, yeah, I mean, there's probably a case to mount for KB as well. Practically disowned us for a bit as well, didn't he? Yeah, there's always... Oh, he only got sacked. It was, it was, yeah. it was pretty. It's, it's a hard one when you got sacked. Like he told me, he was coaching at a club with no resources. They couldn't afford to pay the play. It was a pretty, pretty bad scene when he was coaching. But I just think, look, he's a, he's a legend of the club. He's, he's an immortal. And you know, like I think probably Richo's got a few more years on the clock than than KB. That's. But hey, I'm I'm Captain Blood, and that's my take. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we should just get all the past players out there to hand it over. Let's get everyone involved. <laughs> There's some breaking news. Oh, Hardwick's okay. one coach of the year. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. oh. Mate, head to the main oh, board, everyone. Yeah, head, head to the, the main, main board. board. <laughs> <laughs> Razor wise, loaded. Snake Baker, he'll be up and about. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, everybody to the main board. <laughs> oh, well, how can you argue with it though? I mean, look at where we were last year. Yeah, he was only sucked mid year. I thought. That's, yeah, that's right. Everyone's like, oh, Carousel just coming in to take over his caretaker. Speaking, <laughs> oh, typical. Speaking of trying to get him sacked, just as a, a sidetrack, I was at the Brownlow last night and I got shoved out of a door by, you know, the, the little creepy guy from the side ticket that tried to bump everyone out with the dirty oh, moustache. With the dirty moustache. Yeah, he shoved me out the door. I'm like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Should have interviewed. When him. you said Creek, I thought you were talking about Bruce. Oh, no, no. Yeah, no. yeah. <laughs> There's a case for him as well. Um, oh, before we finish up, we'll just get a prediction from everyone, including the Norm Smith, which I did forget to mention in my initial agenda because I'm not used to this grand final stuff. Um, so we'll start with Heisenberg. Your prediction for the game, including Margin and a Norm Smith. Be tight in the third quarter. We'll pull away a bit, win by 20 points. Coach and Norm Smith. Like the sounds of that. Um, here we go. Here we go, Captain. Your your margin and Norm Smith. <clears throat> Mate, I think the game's going to be decided in the last two minutes. There'll be a goal scored in the last oh, two God. minutes. It's going to decide it, and I think it's going to be the Tigers by eight points. And I'm backing my man Lambo. Lambo for the Norm Smith. Get on him because he's going to take Sloan out. If it comes in the last two minutes, I hope there's a lot of St John's people on standby. 
Yeah, I, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> That's a bit too, bit too close. <laughs> and, and Prodigy, your tip? So I'm in the same thinking as Captain. Um, I think it's going to be extremely close. And I've got us winning by two points. Um, and the Norm Smith. I just got a tightening of the nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I just started sweating. Smith, I I've, got, um, <laughs> I've got Trent Cochin, um, but I've got a little bit of a smoky. I wouldn't be surprised due to his good form, Dion Prestia snagging it. Oh, yeah, controversy. No, I like controversy. That call. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's had a good final series, Dion. I don't mind that call. I'll, uh, I, I reckon I reckon we're going to get out to a, an early lead, but hold him at bay like we've done and just grind him into the ground. So I reckon the final margin might be between 15 and 19 points. And Norm Smith... I reckon Alex Rance might get it. I reckon he might just... Ooh, go to a Rance defender. Rance. Yeah, I, I think he's going to... It's not as good and, as Michael Hurley. Wow, he went there, everybody. He yep. went there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, some dickheads that posted on the internet, didn't they? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Michael Hurley, my God. He's not even fit uh, shoelaces. Mackenzie's also better than him as well. Who's that? Who's that? <laughs> Eric McKenzie. Oh, yeah, West Coast oh, legend. No, that was, that was gold. <laughs> Oh, hungry. It's like they don't watch football. Yeah. <clears throat> Just uh, an obvious reminder to everyone that the game's on Saturday, uh, September 30th at the MCG at 2.30. If you haven't got tickets and are a member, be sure that you uh, checked the email about going to Punt Row, but I believe that's sold out as well. So Tiger fans are out in force, but I'm sure there'll be screens on at Fed Square and all throughout the city, so hopefully everyone gets a chance to watch it. Um, do all of you have tickets? Are you all going? Yes. Yeah, I broke the news to my 13-year-old son that he's going to the grand final tonight, and he nearly cried like a bitch. It was fantastic. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's good to see. It means a lot to the younger generation as well. Mate, he's only had to wait 13 years. He can get stuffed. He's had to wait 35. Well, no ticket for him. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, look, looking forward to a big game. It's still very surreal that we're that we're in there, and um, like the photo on. Twitter before with the jersey with the badge on it. Um, I mean, where I work, we do all. I work at Sharon, so we look after all the footy. So seeing the artwork with Richmond on the grand final ball just freaked me out immensely. But uh, looking forward to the big day and getting along to the parade and the training session. So make sure for those who want to do that, I think it's on Friday morning. I think the boys train at nine thirty. The gates open at eight thirty. Um, so make sure you get down for that. And then the parade ends in uh, the MCG car park, I believe. So. Make sure we get some good numbers down there and everyone wear your Richmond colours and try and intimidate the crap out of the Adelaide people. <laughs> We're going to boo them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Make it as hostile as possible. So, and with that, Captain Blood, Heisenberg and Prodigy, thank you so much for coming on to this grand final episode. Never thought we'd see the day we'd, we'd be able to do this, but I uh, really appreciate your insights. And fingers crossed we can uh, all have a few drinks on Punt Road Oval on Sunday and, and catch up and celebrate a Tigers win. Yes, Thank you so much for inviting me, mate. It was no, a pleasure. No worries Thanks at all, guys. Us. And until uh, next time, go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Go
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!